A child is a child. And if you see this acceptable, you belong on a national registry and not a school board. Welcome to the dumbest guy in the room. Uh, feels good to be back. Uh, it's been a while. I uh, had a long move uh, and I wasn't able to record anything, but I got a very special guest with me today. You probably uh, have seen her. She was, speaks at all of the uh, North Penn School District school board meetings, uh, sticking up for, for her children, um, for her family, friends. Um, so everybody welcome uh, Vicki Flannery. Did I say that right? You did. Okay. So Vicki is, uh, she lives in the North Penn School District, and I think it's important to, uh, I thought it was important to give her a platform to uh, give her um, opinion that is longer than just three minutes of time uh, so people can get to know who Vicki is and, and why she says what she says and does what she does. Um, so with that being said, Vicki, uh, what... Tell me a little bit about your ch your childhood first off. Like, where did you grow up, and um, how was your family uh, life growing up? Sure. Um, so I grew up in southeastern Wisconsin near Milwaukee. Um, I went. So I have two brothers. Um, one of them currently lives in Minneapolis, and the other one lives in South Florida. Um, we went to Catholic school. Um, my parents really, uh, valued education. Um, and the district that I was in wasn't, you know, very strong and they were able to, um, to be able to afford to send us to private school. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, you know, we grew up with pets. I had dogs, cats. Um, we lived in the country, so we had horses, um, you know, it was just a pretty normal childhood. Um, I wouldn't say there was anything like spectacular, but um, it, it was it was a good childhood, and I'm thankful for that. Did you? So you said you went to uh, Catholic school as well as private school? Uh, no. So I mean, there are private schools up there. It's not. It's really not structured exactly the same as it is here. We call Catholic school private school. Uh, okay. Thing. Okay. Because you so, got to pay for it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the way they look at it. Um, I went to a college prep high school. Um, and you know, my, I had a very good education, which is why one of the reasons why we chose to move to North Penn. Yeah. I mean, I'm, what was it that, uh, or how did you figure out that North Penn had, um, a, a good school district? Because when I moved there, you know, we saw the same thing and I wasn't there very long. I, I was there for, um, about two years and you know, it wasn't this, just the, the school that, you know, had me move. I had a lot of other things going on in, you know, my personal life, family life, uh, parents getting sick and things like that, that, you know, kind of forced my, uh, my feet to get out of there. But we did move there for the same reason. We moved there for the school district. So what was it about the school district that got you to go from, because uh, that's a long way to, to move to North Penn, right? That's, yeah, that's well, way. so, I mean, we got to move into a few things there. I met my husband in Ch South Carolina. He's from Philadelphia. He went to Chestnut Hill Academy. Um, so he, too, he, he came from a family that um, valued education as well. Um, and when we were looking for places to live, 
Uh, we were originally looking in Ambler in the Wissahickon district, another district that we had known was a very good and very strong district. Um, we ended up coming up into the North Penn area. So we live in North Wales and we ended up coming up here under recommendation of a friend who lives in North Wales as well. She was telling me about the district and my husband remembered um, because he played football for Chestnut Hill. He remembered North Penn being really strong, not just academically, but athletically. And those were two of the big things we were looking for for our children um, was, you know, obviously academics comes first for us, but um, athletics is something that we look for in a school district as well. And North Penn checked off both the boxes at the time, um, just, you know, from word on the street and um, from, you know, his family's memory of, of the district over the years. Okay. So he was very, basically your husband was very involved in the social part of uh, school and sports and you were looking for mm -hmm. the same thing. At what point did you start to question whether or not North Penn was what you thought it was? Do you remember what uh, it was? Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily North Penn that made me question it. Um, I had my daughter, she is four, and I had her in 3K at Modern Day, which is the Catholic school here, um, because North Penn didn't have pre-K programs, so I sent her to Modern Day. Um, we went for spring break to visit my family in Florida, and when we came back, we were put under quarantine for 10 days because we went to Florida and they had told us if we had gone to New Jersey, that wouldn't have been the same thing. Um, so I called them out. It was definitely a political move on their part. And that's when I started Moms for Liberty. And through starting Moms for Liberty, I started talking to other parents in the area, not just North Penn, but um, you know, Upper Dublin, uh, North uh, Wissahickon, Souderton, all of them, and and finding out, you know, what's actually happening in, in our schools around here. And the more I started to meet parents in North Penn, the more I started to figure out, like, how truly flawed our district is. As, as great as it is, and as, um, you know, as it has such great potential to be great again, but I found that our district is focusing on things that are actually taking away from our, our students' ability to achieve the most of themselves academically. Um, and, and that, you know, discouraged me from wanting to send my kids uh, to the district. So you, you actually started Moms for Liberty? Is that, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know um, that you- I didn't start the whole, no. So I started our chapter here in Montgomery County. Um, along with my vice chair, Maureen Bogut, who, um, whose kids go to Wissahickon. Um, and we were the first chapter in the state of Pennsylvania. Really? Mm -hmm. That's, that's, so you're not the uh, billionaire that's trying to destroy democracy? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Although I wish I had a billion dollars, I definitely do not. Uh, <laughs> we it's... are a single income household. I am a stay at home mom. So I, I, I joke. I joke about that, but it's like kind of serious because they do. I watched the last school board. I'm I'm um, actively watching uh, what the current board posts on like Twitter and their opinions, and they're constantly labeling you, your group of moms 
as domestic terrorists. And, you know, to play to play both uh, sides here, what keeps you from uh, holding a conviction that may not be true? Like what, what drives you to maybe question what you believe? Um, well, okay, so we are not billionaires and our founders, Tiffany and Tina, are billionaires neither. They are, they are not billionaires either. Um, I just, I have to laugh at it because all the money that my chapter has in the bank is from a small t-shirt sale that we ran um, over the summer when we first started. And I think we have a total of $900 um, in our chapter um, bank account, uh, none of which goes to any political campaigns. Um, although we are able to endorse this just as of last Monday, we are now able to endorse school board candidates. We chose to not endorse anybody this go around. Um, just because I, the political, you know, mudslinging is just too much. And I don't want to add to that anymore. So while I personally support candidates as moms for Liberty, I do not endorse anybody. I will, you know, tell people who the liberty-minded candidates are, but I do not say this is who Moms for Liberty, um, you know, chooses. I, uh, I absolutely, I love that answer. I think what, I think that something, I'm going to give my opinion on this upcoming election that you guys have in North Penn, and just so people know, I don't know if people are kind of aware of this, but I was in North Penn, I moved, I'm, all, I'm living all the way down in, in South Carolina now, so I don't live in North Penn. And because of that, I've been blocked and I'm not allowed to, to uh, give my opinions to the board members. They completely blocked me, um, which is fine. You know, it's it's odd, though. You hold a stake in the community. Your family still lives here. Yeah, um, I, I you're right. And there's nothing I can really do except to keep speaking up because they, they did block me. And it just, to me, it just shows what kind of person they are. Right. But I look at them as individuals, so it's each individual. I look at each one of them as their own being. Like I don't look at them as Democrats. I'm not looking at them as – I just look at them by who you are. Who are you and who is your character? And that's how I'm going to uh, make my opinion of, of who you are and you know your true intentions. And I think with this upcoming election, what people uh, fail to realize sometimes in all elections and really all elections at every level – it's it's not so much like I don't think they think that their person could turn out to be uh, evil. Like they don't see that it could easily escalate into something that you're trying to fight right now. Um, and it is kind of scary. That's why I don't like like I if you ever see anything that I post or say, I don't endorse people. I don't endorse people either. I endorse your opinion like I want you to have your opinion that's all I really endorse I want you to be able to value what you value and so I think it takes I think it's a very courageous statement there just to, to not endorse a politician honestly because that would have been the easiest way to get your name out because that's what most people are looking to do is become something uh uh some type of figure a face for something they want meaning so that's how they find it and today, politics mm -hmm. is the easiest way to go. I agree. So why do you... One of the things that we do is, 
I do give the opportunity for the challengers. So for the people who are running in uh, favor of parental rights, who want to give us a voice in our districts, I do offer them a platform to uh, speak to our members. Um, and I found that 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 works really well. I, you know, I'm not endorsing them, but I'm still letting them use my platform. Um, now the question is, would you let, would you let uh, the current board use that same platform to talk to those parents? Uh, yes, I actually, um, it, I, I interviewed um, a few of the local candidates on Saturday, and um, that included the North Penn Stronger Together, who are the challengers for my district's um, school board meeting. I interviewed them on Saturday. Um, and after that, I had a few parents reach out to me and ask if um, I would be willing to invite the other the other side, the North Penn Neighbors for Progress side out to, um, you know, to talk and ask them the exact same questions. I asked them, you know, what were some of the things that you saw went wrong during COVID? Um, because we all know COVID's not going away. So what are some of the things that you saw went wrong in the past that you would fix in the future? Um, and then I asked about um, education and, you know, what are some of the things that you'd like to see going forward in the curriculum and education of our children? And these are the exact same questions that I was going to ask um, North Penn Neighbors for Progress and although i only gave them a uh, roughly 24-hour notice but again it was something that my members had asked me to do um i emailed them and i posted it on twitter and reached out and tagged all of them and emailed them um jonathan casa he kindly got back to me i i do have to say like as as much as i have to say negative about him personally and how he's been running our board I do have to say that he kindly reached out to me um, and, and apologized that he wouldn't be able to do it. Um, but whoever's running their email, they were not as kind about it um, in their decline. But um, regardless, they, they declined the opportunity to meet with me and, the, um, and their constituents who are in Moms for Liberty, who did want to hand out that olive branch and um, have an opportunity for dialogue. Now, so you said you gave them like 20, uh, there was only like 24 notice and they probably are very busy right now because they are, yes. um, you know, the elections. And I totally understand that. Um, North Penn stronger together. I think they also only had about a 24 hour notice. Yeah. I, you know, and at the same time, it's like the, the, the new board always has more to prove, right? Cause they don't have any, uh, history to, to, to back it. They're brand new. They're trying to get their, um, they're trying to get people to see who they are, what they are. Um, so they always work a, l a little bit harder, and that's that's that is politics, in in my opinion. Is that that's what you see? The person that's in that's always running behind is always the one that's more active and doing more things because they need to get seen. No, nobody knows who they are. Um, so you you said that um, you said that he was very kind in in his response, um, even though he you know didn't. Uh, turn you uh, di didn't accept, but he was very kind in his denial of the the conversation. He was, which was surprising. Um, I, I will admit it was surprising. Um, but I think 
you know, unfortunately, while the other members or the other slate has more to prove, I think, you know, I have. I don't, I don't think know. they have more to prove. I think that that's what they try. I don't, I'm saying that um, that's kind of the perception of the new political party trying I, to win yeah. over. That's what I don't think do. they have more to prove. I think that they've gained um, a lot of support within our community. I do too. But while, you know, they are, um, they're not, you know, uh, on, you know, YouTube every week for a meeting where they get to kind of, you know, the other school, the school board uses their meetings as an opportunity to you know pitch their campaign in a way um the other the other side doesn't get that opportunity but my point behind this whole thing was is we are their constituents and the only opportunity we've had to speak with them is at a school board meeting when nobody really replies back to us which in my opinion is what has caused a lot of the divide in the community is because people in the moms for liberty community feel that they've been ignored and haven't been listened to and i wanted i wanted us to be able, i wanted to be able to ask those questions the same questions that i asked north penn stronger together i wanted to ask north penn neighbors for progress and then i also wanted to do what i did for north penn stronger together and open it up for community comment where the community could ask them a couple of questions like you know, perhaps they might ask, like, what are you going to do to help the special ed community in the future? Because in the past, they've left them behind in some ways. Um, and, and maybe one day we'll be able to have that conversation. However, I wish that that conversation could have happened before the election tomorrow. Yeah. And that's the one thing I noticed about those school board meetings is that they tend to avoid the conversation as, as much as they can. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. you know, and that I want to, let me, let me get your opinion on this. What do you think, um, could bring your community together? Because that's the goal, right? Like we can sit here all day and say what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, but where's the solution? What do you see as a solution for North Penn community to actually be able to, um, go to a school board meeting and sit next to whoever they want without having to, uh, you know, yell at each other? about who's right um, and wrong sure well there's a few things um i i would love a voice on the board somebody who um will listen to the community members and and um you know take their concerns to heart and actually um you know help do something about what's happening maybe with their child um, to validate them. I know that for a while there was a, there, I, I don't want to say there was a thing cause it's not just a thing. It's a big deal. But AM Culp, which is in Hatfield has a teacher that was, um, you know, putting kids in a thing called a privilege walk. And this was brought up, I believe as early as May and it has been, you know, shot down and denied by the current board as a lie um until this past meeting in october when a parent of one of the children that was put through the privilege walk walked up in the in the action meeting and spoke and said this is not a lie this is happening to my child um and you know maybe instead of us you know being told like this is not true this is not happening in our schools we're not we're not teaching this kind of stuff for 
you know, five, six months before this, maybe it wouldn't have gotten to such a boiling point. Um, another thing is too is, you know, maybe instead of these action meetings where we don't have the time for them to talk, you know, as a community getting together a couple times a year and having an opportunity to have a dialogue with the school board, be it in a town hall format or what, uh, what have you. I think that's another opportunity for us to be able to come together because at the end of the day, no matter what side we're on, we have a common ground that we're fighting for our children. Um, and, and there should be, there used to be in the past a way to find a happy medium to, um, you know, I understand that, you know, a lot of parents are, you know, wanting this, you know, diversity and things like that. And I don't want to take away from that, but I also want parents to, to value and understand our concerns about what is in the diversity training and, and these, you know, the books that were read at the last meeting and these um, privilege walks that are happening and, and things like that. Like it, it's, it's not okay. And, and we need to, we need to be able to communicate without, feeling attacked right sorry i'm very long-winded <laughs> not no, please I, I i that's what i'm here to do i, I want to get your opinion i think that what we're doing right now is part of a solution uh for your community is to have longer conversations right i think yeah. i think if um if people can hold these conversations and stop um trying to avoid them and just try to be right all the time and just avoid like anybody that has a dis like disagrees um you know it could be because i'll tell you this i'm not somebody that I, i'm somebody that was very prideful my whole life like i was uh, never me i was always whatever group i was part of which led me to do things that uh i didn't necessarily believe in okay so i would mm -hmm. do things that were against my morals for um i guess the reputation kind of right. um, in my heart i knew it wasn't the right thing to do at the time but i would still do it um i i dug so deep into myself i was a terrible human being i was a, i was an awful person i hurt a lot of people emotionally a lot of women especially including my wife like i was a, a manipulative narcissist like I, I was as bad as it gets um i was an alcoholic I, i'm five years sober and i I'm still every day fighting with those those demons, but I, I, I didn't get better until I loved myself and separated from those things and stopped trying to make everybody else see the world I saw. Like, that's what I was trying to do because life is hard for everybody, right? Life is hard for everybody. I don't think those privilege walks. I don't think definitely not those books. They're they're dis, they're sick. I, I don't know how you even read that out loud. I, I really don't because like I, I, I had to, mm. it was awful. It got worse from what I read. It, it actually I intended on reading more, but it was even worse. Yeah, my wife read um, like the whole books of them to to see what the actual meaning is. Because that, that's another thing that we don't really do. We kind of pick and shoot. We, we try to look for things. And you will find it, right? But sometimes yeah. we're – and that's what I, when I asked you, like, what do you do to question your ideology to say, well, and what I, is what I'm doing good? Like, how do you not fall 
get yourself to fall into that trap because it's very easy. Nobody wants to believe it, but it's easy. It's very easy yeah. to fall into that trap. And um, when you said that, that, you know, you didn't endorse the politicians, I thought that was, I really did. I really did like that. Um, but you said you, you did spend a lot of time with the new board. So what can you say that the, the if, um, you know, the new board did take over those seats, they're going to have a lot of pressure from people that don't agree with you guys, that don't agree with you. Yeah. How do you think that they would be able to manage that? Like, are they going to do the same thing? Are they going to just ignore and just do the opposite, the polar opposite? Or do you think that they have a plan to uh, really try to, and it can't happen overnight, obviously, but do you think they have a plan? Because um, I think that's the biggest thing that you need. Do you have a plan to put try to start putting you guys back together? Um, I believe they have a plan to put everything or to try to put everything back together, at least to give the parents who have felt like they are voiceless for so long to give them a voice. Um, to give them, you know, some sort of dialogue. That's all we've been looking for is just someone to listen to us. And instead of someone listening to us, um, our concerns haven't been validated. They haven't, they haven't been heard. Um, they've, they've been denied publicly. Um, and I, I think if this new board gets on, they'll at least be able to give parents some sort of comfort in knowing that someone is listening to them. Um, you know, I, I, I understand that there are people out there that think that Moms for Liberty is polarizing. Um, I don't want to be, I don't want to come off like that. Um, I am a human at the end of the day and I understand everybody's emotion behind everything. Um, but the thing is, is before people have gotten to know me or the organization that I represent, um, they've, they've immediately placed judgment on us and and that and that has caused even more polarization because there are so many parents that are that represent moms for liberty in the north penn area um i think we have 1200 members on facebook and many i i want to say the, the there's a bulk majority of our members in montgomery county are from north penn and by by labeling me, by labeling Moms for Liberty, um, that has placed a label on many good people who don't who don't deserve that, and 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 they deserve to be heard and listened to, and not called, you know, racist or homophobic or anything that we're being called because we are none of that. Yeah, and I see that every like it's starting to get everywhere and. Has anybody on that current board ever disagreed with, like, has anyone ever voted against the majority of that board? I feel like everything they do is always just, they just agree. Um, I believe that there was one time that there was a dialogue before a vote. And I believe that was last fall when it came to whether or not um, sports or... I could be completely wrong, but I believe it was when it came down to whether or not the football team would be allowed to play last fall. And, um, okay. and there was dialogue about that, and I believe it was eight to one vote. But other than that, everything is nine, nothing in favor of any policy they try to put forward. There's no dialogue. 
if there is dialogue, it appears, it appears to be a pre-planned dialogue that they set out. Um, so nothing, nothing real or organic discussed. It's, it's, it's all, it's definitely all planned. Nothing they, like when you said about, uh, Casa being genuine and nice, um, I know who, what kind of person he is. I know. Oh, I definitely think there's an undertone. I don't of, want to talk you into it, but I, I. Oh no, I'm well aware of of the person he is, I'm in, and I'm well aware of that. It's it's likely it, it's um, you know, it, it's saving face for his future endeavors. Um, but I genuinely hope that, and I look for the good in everybody, and I genuinely hope that. You know he's honest and wanting to listen and wanting to extend an olive branch, but that's the, I I know the truth. <laughs> no, but I, I I agree with you. Like I I want I I think about it all. The, I'm like I I I want to keep the faith that what you are doing does have good intentions behind it. Like I want to believe it. I do. Like I I want to believe that you have good intentions. Um, but I. Like I said before, I was very a very manipulative person. I know I I didn't know that I was doing it when I was doing it though. It's hard to make sense. Like you know, you can call people out that are doing that to people, but the person doing it a lot of times doesn't really know yet. Like they don't understand how they're doing it, but they're very engaged with people's emotions and it's easy to control. Um, yeah. and that's what I that's what I was good at. I was very good at it. I was, and I see myself, my pet, like I see my old self in what he's doing on a way higher, like educated level. Cause I am not educated by any, like a, I'm the opposite of educated. I dropped out of high school, um, alcoholic, uh, like I'm all, uh, I'm all self-educated basically, uh, from reading books and, uh, you know, watching different, uh, TV series and a lot of podcasts and just kind of self-educating. And he's, I, I do want to see the good in him. I see the, I, I'll tell you what, I see everybody talks bad on like Fusco and Stoll and uh, I th like mainly them two in Casa. And I don't see it in them at all. I see them following Casa. Like that's. And that's exactly what I think too. Um, you know, I think they're good people I, that have I think, been, that are scared. I think I don't think they're scared. I think they've been manipulated and they're, you know, um they're being played. Um but again, like I'm just going to reiterate, I went to Catholic school. One of the things that we learn as Christians is to look for the good in people. And I do believe that all people are inherently good. Um Me too. I think that there is good in everyone and some people are, you know, led astray and, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, me being from, you know, small town, Wisconsin <laughs> and, and, you know, being naive, but I, I, I truly hope that, you know, despite what happens tomorrow. And I know that the four that are running for North Penn stronger together are good people and are people that want to listen to the community and want transparency. Um, I, I still hope that regardless of outcome tomorrow, um, you know, the voices of the North Penn community are heard. So what's, 
I want to I want to uh, take a little bit of a, a look into what your child is going through right now. Um, what school are they in now? How and how old are you, if you want to share that? But how- so my kids are home. Uh, I pulled Sophia out of Modern Day. Um, I want so she's four. She's my oldest, which doesn't discredit my movement at all. Um, I'd like to just put out why I do this and why I'm fighting against North Penn and what's going on in there is because I moved here for a reason. Um, I moved here for the schools and my daughter is four and next year she'll be in kindergarten and I would like her to be able to go to the schools. I don't want my kids home all the time. Like I love them here, but I don't, I don't see myself as um, the educator type. I want, you know, somebody to be able to teach my children how to read and write and and do math. And, you know, while I'm a while I studied biology in college, I don't know if I could necessarily teach my children science. Like it just my brain doesn't work that way. And I would love to be able to send my kids to North Penn and have them get a high quality education similar to what my husband and I received in private school. And I know that North Penn is capable of that. But until I fight for it, I don't think that sending my children to this district is going to happen. I think you need to make the the best decision for for your kids, obviously. And uh, the reason you moved there was because of that school. And you Mm -hmm. live there and you pay taxes and... uh, those taxes go to that school and then you're going to have to pay another school because you don't want them to. I I just, I I think you need to stand up for your kids. I do. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an advocate currently for charter academies for parents who are able to stay home with their kids and can't necessarily afford private or Catholic or, you know, parochial education. Um, when you say charter and, academy, and, what do you what are you uh, referring to? So I have a lot of friends who this year, um, after you know the whole mask mandate thing was reinstated for the fall semester, a lot of my friends pulled their kids out of um, public schools and put them in what is called Commonwealth Charter Academy. And everyone that I've spoken to in the district loves it, um, thinks it's a great fit for their kids. But the only downfall is, is working parents. It doesn't work out for them. Um, They still have to go to work and they have nowhere to put their kids. So that's kind of, you know, somewhere where I consider myself lucky that I'll be able to be home with them if I choose Charter Academy. But there needs to be options available for parents. And and one of the options is actually um, currently sitting in the house um, is House Bill 1, which gives the ability for parents to take the money it would cost for their child to go to public school to send them to any school that they see fit um, mm-hmm. for their child. Um, so be that, you know, they could take it to put towards, you know, an education at uh, Germantown Academy or Mod- or Lansdale Catholic, we'll say. Like, they can put that towards that education. And it gives children of all... Um, economic backgrounds and opportunity for a strong education if that if that happens the the charter academy is it different than a charter school 
Yeah, so it's it's a virtual academy. Okay, so it's virtual, and it was created for that purpose, so I'm sure they're... Uh, so what it does is a portion of what it costs for your child to go to, say, North Penn, and I don't have the exact number, so I don't want to give it just in case I'm wrong, but um, a portion of what that costs, North Penn pays the Charter Academy. So uh, a large chunk of that goes to Commonwealth Charter Academy, excuse me, and they send you your computers, all your school supplies, your books, everything you need for the whole year. And then um, a smaller portion stays at North Penn to cover their expenses. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that was a uh, one of the things that caught my eyes with uh, the, the uh, politics going on in within the school boards is the push that I see on social media from the current board to um, – to start to uh, regulate the charter schools now or stop funding charter schools because it's taking the money away from us. And I just, I think the money part of that is an, an, an illusion, in my opinion. It's more of a, uh, you need to learn what we're teaching, kind of like a order Well, yeah, and we wouldn't have to worry about money leaving our district if our district supplied the academic excellency that mm -hmm. it should. Parents wouldn't want to leave the district. Parents wouldn't be pushing for HB1 because there would be no need for them to send their children to Germantown Academy or Lansdale Catholic. Um, so that's the only time they, they lose money is when the exactly. is when the um, the, the kids it would, leave. It would, exactly, it would benefit you know other districts that maybe aren't as strong academically. I know ours is and can be. It just has lost its sight in. Um, in what I see as um, political rhetoric, it is, and it's it's probably the strongest it's ever been. Or, um, I I don't know. I, either it is just starting to happen, or we as parents are finally starting to um, like see what is like getting involved more in our kids' school. Yeah, um, I think we've been asleep at the wheel. For too long. Looking um, at it like daycare. Just, I feel like a lot of yeah, parents were we, doing we, that because I'm guilty kind of of we, that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, I never paid attention to it until my kids started getting old enough where I thought about, all right, school's coming. Um, but a lot of parents that I talk to um, and that I know personally whose kids are in the district, um, they have personally told me that they didn't realize what was happening until um, – North Penn went fully virtual and then they started to see and, and hear, hear and and that's what kind of woke them up to wait where what am I sending you to what are you getting what's going on here mm -hmm. um we have a ninth grade aquatics class at North Penn High School that last year and this year on the um on the syllabus or whatever they're calling it these days um there's an entire unit towards white privilege in an aquatics class and these are things that just that's not a class that that's necessary. You know, um, we don't need to be talking about that for swimming. Um, so it, it, there's just a lot of things that parents kind of looked at that and they're like, what is, what is the purpose behind this and why are we doing this in aquatics class of all things? Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a good point that you made there. What's the purpose? And I think if the, if the current, if uh, the person that is making these decisions to put these things in there could tell us why they're doing it, Maybe it would make, maybe it could make a difference, but you're not, you, no one can explain why. 
Um, and when they say why, it's always the same thing: uh, diversity, uh, inclusion. Or it's not even well. It's and now it's equity when now. You ask why? Right. It is. Well, you've been gaslit by them, so you understand how it goes. You know. Yeah, and this all, and I didn't even. I never, and I would like consider myself just to be a troll of Casa because of the way that he responded to my one, uh, literally then it gets me. Cause I'm like, I need to stop. Like it is, I, well, I know <laughs> I need to let go of, of that, but I'm like, why, how can people not see what this man is doing? He made a, um, a Facebook post during, um, uh, pride, pride month about pride and gave the like this graph and said this is why what pride is people think this is pride and his statement was if you want to um if you feel uncomfortable with this and want to have a discussion and elevate this discussion please you know engage and i'm i want to have a conversation he offered that on a facebook post i thought like i am a huge um I think way too much, right? And I, I am very, I have a very strong opinion on pride. I think pride is is necessary at, at a point, uh, but I also think that um, pride is what holds you down. Like I, I think it holds people, it holds them down, and it's hard mm-hmm. to see, but it does. It, it you don't want to see it basically because no one else, everybody's looking the other way in those pride groups. Um, but I made this whole thoughtful. Uh, and a reason why pride was not what he was saying it was and why it's not good for kids to be taking pride in their sexual proclivity or their gender or their um, race or any of that. And, you know, I, I just, his response to me was insulting and belittling in a way that he tried to sound like nice. It was, oh, you, you seem to have everything figured out. I know I don't know everything. Have a good day. And I was like, really? That's elevated. That's yeah, how that's you elevate. That is not how you elevate. And, and that also is it. not a way to open up the dialogue with community. Um, yeah, that could have been handled a lot better. No, it, and it, it should have. Like, I think that's, and that's a big topic. That's a big thing going on. And a lot of people that are, um, a lot of people that react to stuff like that, it's an, what he wanted was an emotional response. That's mm-hmm. what he was expecting, was somebody to lash out or not answer at all. So most people would lash out and be like, whatever. I didn't lash out. I didn't um, insult him in any way. I just gave um, a thought-out opinion, and he just didn't know why he believed in what he believed in. And that's the moment that I realized that um, – well, that's What's because a lot of good. these people who are part of the, you know, political machine, I guess you could say, and I take that from somebody else who's spoken at one of our school board meetings. Um, that's what it and is. I'm not saying everybody on the board is part of the political machine, but I will say John Casa appeals to the to the community because he is well polished and well trained in his um, political abilities. Um and outwardly he can handle situations but he the problem with a lot of people that are part of this political machine and i speak like there are a lot of republicans we talk about the rhinos they too are are part of this and 
they don't know what they stand for. They know what they're told to stand for. They're no, they know their platforms exactly. and what to speak on based on what they're told. And if you go and get and ask them a talking point outside of what they've been trained to speak on, um, and I, I mean, this is this is my honest opinion on it. If you go and give them something outside of what they are told to speak on, they don't know how to respond. Mm -hmm. it, it's like. You know, if you think about it, it's like a robot, like, and all the sparks going off, and they, and it doesn't know how to compute the situation. Like, I, that's how I envision that. Like our, uh, our beginning, uh, trying to do, do, trying to do this live, whatever that looked like. Basically, yeah, you <laughs> and me, and like me trying to figure out like how do I talk in the beginning, like super awkward. But yeah, it, it's exactly like that. <laughs> it is, and I like the, I like the political machine thing because it because it is, and I. To be honest with you, we're kind of part of it because we're talking about it. Yeah. Right. Like I. That's no, true. We. But the th the difference is is I mean, well I guess I guess too like, you know we all know what we what we know and and that's fine. But the difference between me and him or me and somebody um, who's in politics is. I speak from the heart and from what I truly feel and not from what somebody tells me to feel. And I can sense that. I can sense that. In you. That's why I was excited when Kenny told me that um, that you wanted to talk because every time I see things coming from you, I see that passion. I see, It's real. It's not something that's made up. It's not something that you're forcing. It's real. Um, I also don't think like the fact that people want to take away your movement because your kids aren't in school yet. I think it's even more powerful that your kids aren't in school yet and you're still doing it, right? Like, well, I mean, your I have kids to will make... be there and you're already doing yeah. it. So uh, a lot of parents that their kids are that age probably won't do that yet. And it'll be too late by the time they do stand up, like kind of like now, you know, like if we were paying attention, if we, and that's why I take responsibility for a lot of that stuff, because I was not paying attention. My kids are younger. But I was not paying as much attention as I could have to allow it to get to this point. Yeah. Right? Like, I think if we paid more attention yeah. back then, then, then we could well, have. Well, and I think that's half the problem is we, we haven't been paying attention. And, and I want to reiterate, like, even though my kids aren't in the district now, I'm fighting for what I feel like, not just them. Like, I feel like I'm fighting for what they deserve in the future. But what kids that are in there now deserve as well. All of them. I'm not just fighting. I'm not just fighting for my child. I'm fighting for everybody's child. One of them just came down the stairs. The the future <laughs> though, like that. Your child is the future, right? Sophia, you gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> they come running I don't down. Know where her dad is. <laughs> huh? They just come running down the stairs. One of them did. Yeah. Now she's just riding the scooter through the entire house. That's right. Nine forty. I am the mom of the year, 940. We all parent different, right? We all parent <laughs> yes. different, and we should be allowed to. Yes, I agree. And and that's fine. And and I and I believe in everybody's right to have their own beliefs, but when we start trying to um, push those beliefs on other people, that's when we start to have our problems. So where do you draw the line? In meaning? Like where do you draw the line with uh when you say, I think everybody should be able to believe in what they want to believe. So in the, in a school, at what point do you think a school is So I believe a lot of these conversations um, belong at home. 
um, you know, if there's if there's a gender or sexuality question, I'm not against you know these these books being in the libraries. I'm against books that have you know sexual nature. Be, like for God's sake, our school board meeting, you have to be 18 to view it. So why are the books available to children under the age of 18? I, I don't think that that's acceptable, but I, I do, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with it being available. I do disagree with teachers bringing it up. It's not, it's not their place to teach my child something that I may not feel that they are emotionally ready for. Um, so I, I think that those, a lot of those conversations are, are for kid or for parents to have with their own children. I, Hundred percent agree. I think what you're over. I think there's a a, a line they're crossing with, um, like what is good and bad, rather than like the, they're trying to teach what is morally correct and what they need to value. I don't think that the well, I don't think it's anybody's place to say what should be morally correct for my child. You are, um, you know, yeah, and. You know, I'm raising my children on Christian values, um, so I'm I'm not raising my kids to be bad people. But I also don't want them, you know, being in kindergarten, you know, wondering about their gender gender identity. It's like confusing. I, I, I don't think that it's not acceptable. Mm -mm. It just confuses them more, right? Yeah. Like if you look, and, and it's already like a confusing. You're getting to know yourself. You're meeting new friends. You're you're getting into that you know social world. And now you're throwing in this thing like, am I am I a boy or a girl or what am I? And it, I if that's a conversation that needs to happen with my children, it needs to happen with me and my children, not a third party and my child. I can almost I could probably um, almost guarantee not many children bring that up. Like it's not something no. that's brought up and then dealt with. It's something that's put on them, and then now it's something from an adult. Yeah. You know, like kids aren't like my my daughter's a, a dinosaur. My daughter could be a dinosaur one day. Next day, she's dressed up like a princess. She doesn't. My daughter walks in the backyard howling like a wolf. Yeah. Like she's a wolf. Now she's a wolf. <laughs> you know, but because we all have an imagination, all like yeah, we do. We have an imagination, and we should be allowed to to, to embrace that imagination without making it a concrete uh, conviction that it's true. You know, exactly like kids exactly. need to, to have that creativity. Um, well, and I think that's part of where the issue is, is we are forcing children to grow up too fast. Mm -hmm. We're forcing them to come to real like realities that even some adults can't can't face on their own. So how do we expect if we as adults don't understand things? How do we expect a five year old or a six year old or even a 12 year old to understand it? It's. It's kind of scary if, and this is the way I like to like, so my son, I have uh, three kids and my youngest, my youngest is uh, uh, 10 months now. And he's at a point where you can start to see that he's, wh why he's doing what he's doing. And what I mean by that is like, if he's doing something and nobody's paying attention and you're not giving him any uh, emotional response, he doesn't do that thing anymore. Like if he's playing with something. Mm -hmm. Whatever it gets him an emotional response, he just keeps mimicking. Or if he sees, you know, uh, his sister who's uh, two doing something, he'll mimic it if she gets the reaction. So it's yeah, and that's what they that's what we do. We kind of just mimic each other to say 
what is meaningful. And they're trying to find that meaning from a infant. Like that's what he's doing. He's trying to say what is meaningful, what's making me, what's going to make me get noticed, what's making me have a meaning in this world. And they're doing it as an infant. And you're just literally, they're going to school and you're just confusing more meaning with everything else. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, parents who believe in that, I think their intent is well. Um, but again, like that's your child and your choice to, to do that. But please, please do not force your opinions or your thoughts on other people's children who may not feel the same way as you. It's just, it's not appropriate. You wouldn't want me doing it to your child. So please don't do it to mine. And I, I kind of, I have a very, uh, a much bigger respect for Moms for uh, Liberty after this conversation um, i'm always very speculative of any uh group right i'm just very speculative because i know what it turned it can turn into uh if it doesn't remain balanced and it it's mm-hmm. very and that's why I, that's why i said it's courageous because it's very easy to become what you're fighting when what you're fighting is just non-stop attacking you it's like how yeah it's, it's a it's a human response to react back, and when we do that, we sometimes turn into what we're actually fighting. And yeah. I don't think I think if we recognize that as individuals, it could bring a lot of people together. Because what you're fighting is what you're gonna you could become if you don't really recognize it. You know, yeah, like Moms for Liberty, for example. Yeah. Like I I can go Black Lives Matter. For example, there is very a lot of good people in there that have. I think it was started with very good intentions. I think it was a very valuable movement, and then look what it turned into. It, it got corrupted. It got, and now it's not what it was. Now it's not what. It's not even close to the thing that was established as Black Lives Matter. It's a whole different organization. Sure. That has well, we we base our our everything. Um, on the Constitution of the United States. So that's one of our big things is we um, pride ourselves in taking time to learn the Constitution and to understand the Constitution and to be able to utilize it um, in the fight for our children. I, I, uh, me and my wife were talking about this the other day. She's actually, she's the one that brought this up and I thought it was a great point that nobody really ever brings up is the Constitution was literally written by a bunch of men that saw what power could do to good men and said, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. And they gave it all up. It wasn't a bunch of people that sat down and said, this is what the people need to do. Like, this is what you get. You guys get these things and that's it. It's like, no, I'm, if we have power, good men turn into, like we will turn into evil if we do not just give well, yeah. the power and to the people. And that's happening because us, the regular people, the little people here, who actually own own the government, we've given the government too much power over us, and now it's an absolute struggle, you know, in in trying to protect this country and our constitution and everything that it was founded upon, like. Every single person that comes here and every single person that lives here and was born here is is entitled to the same things. Um, and, and we can't lose sight of that. And, and I feel like if we continue going down this path we are, 
um, that's that's something that's going to happen is, you know, people are going to lose sight of of the fact that we are all created equal and we are all equal um, in the eyes of the Constitution and, and even greater in the eyes of God. Not to sound like a preacher, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm 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 100 with you. I am. Uh, I used to be very against. I went to Catholic school for a little bit, and uh, what they kind of taught was uh, to me, it was more of like if you're evil, you're going, you are evil, and you're going to go to hell if you do these things. Not you are good and you will be forgiven. And the Catholic Church kind of tells you, or at least where I, how I understood it when I was a kid. I always felt like they were telling me I was a bad kid. Like, tell me your sins. Tell me your <laughs> sins. What did you do bad? You know you did something bad. Oh, were you a member of the Rosary Club as well? Because I spent a lot of time uh, in high school. I, <laughs> I, I am. I, my, me and my wife talk about like we would consider ourselves, I guess, Christian now. Like, but yeah, same. um, I, I'm also very big into philosophy. Like, ve- very mm-hmm. big into philosophy and. uh Nietzsche, Frederick Nietzsche, he's a, 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 a philosopher. He says uh, there was one Christian, and he was a Jew that died on a cross. And that's so that was so powerful to me. I, and I could it took me a long time to understand what he was saying. And it was somebody. It was him basically trying to explain how somebody can break away from a tribal, a religion, or whatever like break away from this ideology be, and create his own image. And then other evil people took over what he did and exploited it and turned it into power. But like, yeah. So, I, you know, I, but I think that religion is necessary too. I think, I think a lot of moms for Liberty, it's very necessary. It's a necessary thing in a time like this because, and it's necessary that you all stick together and keep those values because, it could easily go. Well, yeah, south. and that's one of the things too is is we all you know there's a lot of talk like, and it's not I don't want to say it's from our current school board or the people running, it's it's across the country. There's a lot of talk that oh these moms are just here they're political operatives they're gonna go away once these elections are over, and that could be anything but the truth. We are are never gonna go away. This is our children we're talking about here and our community. And, you know, it may not always be as, you know, hard fought a battle as it is right now, but we're still going to show up and we're still going to be, you know, involved in our community. How big is Moms for Liberty? Like, do they have, are they nationwide? Are they in every state? We are nationwide. I do not have the current chapter count, but last I checked, um, I think we have over... I mean, it's probably way more at this point. Um, over f- 50,000 members nationwide. Um, at last check, we were about 140 chapters nationwide. Um, and Pennsylvania is the second largest state as far as volume of chapters goes um, next to Florida, which is where Moms for Liberty was founded. And do you? I thought I had this that's in my phone but i can't find it it's okay i think oh here it is Fifty-six thousand parents uh this is as of october 7th so we've we've grown a little bit since then at that time we had 130 chapters in 30 states okay and how do you like communicate between all these chapters like is there a 
Is there sure. a way so, to do that, um, or is it kind of uh, So there's own? a Moms for Liberty Facebook page, or you can go to momsforliberty.org, and you can find your local chapter. There's actually a few in South Carolina. Is there? Um, yes. We have Charleston County, Berkeley County, uh, Georgetown, which is um, just outside of Myrtle Beach, all of that. Um, and Sumter County, I think. I'm not positive. But um, I don't know how I know all that off the top of my head. But um, in Pennsylvania here, we have um, a little chat between just the chapter chairs um, on Facebook. But um, if you just want to get involved and, and, and talk with anybody, you can join. If you're in Pennsylvania, if you're in um, Montgomery County, you can join um, our Facebook group. Uh, we also have one in Bucks County, um, which I'm just going to assume that maybe you have some listeners from Bucks County. We also have Chester and Delaware County um, it, locally. Yeah, I, a lot of them are probably Bucks County too, and Philadelphia, Philadelphia and, and Bucks. We don't have one in Philly yet, but I do have some members in our Montgomery County group that are Philly. That are from Philly, you said? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. So I guess what I'm – so you are uh, in constant uh, talks with your chapter, and the prob I'm going to assume the chapters around you, like the counties. But what about, like, mm -hmm. uh, Florida? How do you communicate with, with so them to make sure I that – I communicate with the chapter chairs – we have a Facebook group specifically for chapter chairs and that's where we share what's going on across the country and we can um, kind of, I don't want to say strategize, but we're able to, you know, be like, Hey, this is happening in my district. Has anyone else seen this? Um, hey, this is what our teachers union put out in, you know, in Pennsylvania, what's going on in Arizona. Um, we get a lot, you know, I'm, I'm saddened and thankful because what's happening here is a real is a real battle, but our chapters in Washington and California are dealing with what we have on an alarming scale, mm -hmm. and and their battle is even scarier and harder than ours is. And um, I I hear about that in our chapter chair group often, and and my heart goes out to them because I know what's happening over there. If we don't stop it here, that's the fight that we have ahead of us. Yeah, I, um, I couldn't imagine living somewhere uh, like that. I So I'm in South Carolina now, and I work for um, – uh, I'm a State Farm agent. So I get a lot of transfers down. Like a lot of people – a lot of people call in from up north that are moving down here, a lot from New York, yeah. a lot from Ohio, uh, PA. Uh, they're all coming down here, and they all say the same exact thing, which – it's kind of scary for y'all too because that means that there's the people that agree with you are leaving. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, like they're they're not sticking around. They're they're allowed. They're and I'm guilty of it. Like I, you know, I uh, I was, and again, I wasn't like on any uh, side. The side that I was on was the side of my kids, and I feel like that's what you are about. And that's why I have way more respect for moms for liberty after after uh, talking to you. I, I really do. Yeah. I really well, do. Well, being a part of this group makes it a lot more difficult to consider retreat. 
um, as much as I'd love to move back to South Carolina. I miss it every day. But, um, you know, my heart here is in Pennsylvania and helping the parents here who um, who need a voice to be able to um, to help them advocate for their children. Um, and, and, you know, uh, part of the other thing, too, is to empower a lot of parents. We have seen our, you know, little coalition of North Penn parents grow from my first meeting in May to our last meeting. And, and we've gone from just having, you know, six total parents in the room. That doesn't include any side to, you know, having over 70 parents at a school board. Exactly. And, and now having, you know, up to 3000 plus views on some of our action meetings on YouTube that has a lot to say about, you know, what's going on in our district and parents paying attention. And, and, you know, also we have more people speaking at these action meetings for their kids. And, and I feel like the parents that have stuck in it since day one have, have helped advocate and give parent other parents um, the confidence to be able to do it and speak up for their kids as well. Yeah. Definitely been getting a lot, a lot bigger there. Um, I think the last meeting you, and I don't know what happened at the end of the meeting. Uh, they they started to. Um, I was watching it, and they started to yeah. give their what they called an explanation for for the book, which wasn't an explanation. Uh, it sounded like I believe a, I was totally content. <laughs> right. Well, it sounded like laughter, like maybe a, a laughter in, from uh, uh, people so there, they, and then they, they cut the mic. They wanted- yeah, so they said they wanted to give um, an explanation of the book to which, I mean, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I was like, there is no need for an explanation. I gave it to you. One of our parents called the principal at Oak Park, told him, hey, this book is in our library. Do you know about it? To which he said, no. He went and got it. He was alarmed that I was in there and said, I am immediately taking it off the shelf. He took it off the library shelf that day. He had also mentioned to this parent that the book had been checked out three times, <laughs> which during the during the meeting, this it is why we got upset. This is out, why right. things started getting wild. He said that it, it had been removed and he admitted that night it had been removed on Wednesday, but he said it had never been checked out and it was purchased, um, I don't know the exact words, with good intentions which that book, how good intentions could be used to purchase that book is beyond me. Um, And upon further digging, the story just keeps changing. Um, We have parents that are calling and letting me know that, you know, they're now saying that it was taken off the shelf in August, which is what they said to the paper, even though in the action meeting, they said it was taken off on Wednesday. They're saying that it was never checked out. And then they're saying it was checked out three times, but it was by a teacher and the teacher never read it. And then the other time the librarian took it off the shelf to do some sort of like, I don't know, inventory search and then put it back on and then took it off and it just sat on her desk for no reason at all. Like this is literally what's happening as we're talking. So it's coming down to, I'm going to be filing a right to know request um, and getting the true information behind this book and why it sat and and even though if if it only sat until august who recommended this book 
They say it's out on the shelf for five months untouched, but that's five months that a child could have gotten his hands on it. And I don't know if you remember being a grade school boy, but I remember grade school boys and one of them catches that book and starts reading it. And next thing you know, it spreads like wildfire and everyone's secretly reading it in the back of the library. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I think that it, you know, is a situation that needs to be addressed and we have yet for a public apology all we have is a bunch of gaslighting and um, vilifying of parents who have a, a valid concern for its purpose in a grade school library yeah and i mean they they uh you've been accused of um a book burner right I trying not. to burn books so what would be your response to that because if you if you do look at it you're trying to take a book out but I agree with your percent. I 100% agree that that thing should not exist. I don't even know who wrote it. Whoever wrote it is sick. You know, like somebody had to think of that stuff and actually published it. Well, it's a memoir. So unfortunately, it did happen to some poor child. I it was a memoir, bad. you said? It's a memoir. Yeah. So unfortunately, it happened to a poor child. And I do feel terrible for them. And I understand that there are other children that go through this. Um, Should that come from a therapist? Know, on, that like, well, that's that's where I was going with this. This, if if this is something that we see as needed to be able to give to children who have been through this, it should be a therapist, or it should be held by a guidance counselor, mm -hmm. who then has to speak to the parent before the book is given to the child. If if this is something that's meant to, you know which in reading the book, I don't see it as something that is going to help a child get through a situation. I see it as more traumatizing than anything, mm -hmm. but you know, um, or, or there needs to be a system of, first of all, this book doesn't belong in a grade school, but if this is in the high school, there needs to be a system of here's the books that, you know, can be flagged as, you know, graphic or whatever. And if your child, let's say your child's name is, Mike decides to check this book out, you get an email that flags it and says, Hey, just so you're aware, you know, your son, Mike checked out this in this book at this and this time from the North Penn high school library. And it's, you know, flagged for adult content. So then you can have that conversation with your children and it brings it back into the home where it needs to be. I don't want to burn a book. I just want to, make it quite clear that there are books that are inappropriate you know, there. Are, yeah. There are books that are appropriate for children and there are books that are inappropriate for children. Um, and that's, that's the bottom line and any inappropriate book for a child doesn't belong in a public school library. Uh, I don't necessarily think it belongs in a public library period, but if you as the parent think that it is acceptable for your child to read, then you can have that at home. But again, this is where I circle back to my earlier statement that it is fine. You do what you want with your child. That is your child. You teach your child what you want to teach them, but don't let it interfere with what I think is acceptable for my child. Right. Is it? it I think what amazes me the most is it's such a complex, uh, it's a complex problem. Like it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to just say no this is the is answer correct. exactly and everybody yeah. has this answer and it's like we like we need to do this or we need to do that and it's it's more than that like i think if you can if 
like earlier when I when I said what what do you think we could do to get the community together? Like if you could have at least a board that has some people that disagree, it's a start. Like there should yeah. be people up there that 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 well, think we need differently. Talent. In thought, yeah. you need a you need a diversity of thought, and there's no diversity of thought. It's all diversity of things we are uh, uh, un- we can't control. That's what they want to. They, they diversify the things we can't control. Like, you know, I was given this. I was I was born a a white male. Like, I can't do anything about that. So why am I? Why are you focusing on that? I can't do anything about that. What I can change is my thought. I can change my mindset. I cannot change what you see. That's not gonna. It's not gonna yeah. happen. You know, like I I I can't, and, it, and I never will be able to. So. Why you're forcing those things on telling people to value things they can see is beyond is beyond me. Yeah. Well, and and Sam, um, Sam Ferry at at the last meeting or not the last meeting, the one before it, she she put it 100% correctly. Kids do not see color, Mm -hmm. and and people can say whatever they want about you know me stating that, but. I, I truly, I, I believe that's true. And, and kids, you know, I don't see a kindergartner thinking, you know, oh, he's wearing a princess costume. The only people that see that and think negatively or some way about it is an adult. Kids don't that care. Told them that. Just be a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the only time that kids start to like think about that kind of stuff is if they're told to think about mm-hmm. it, told to be like, you need to look at the color and, and not the person. And, or you need to look at the gender and and not you know the goodness of the human, um, and and that's where the issue is coming down. They're teaching our children to um, to generalize or what I, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but they're teaching our children. They to, are the gen- to not look at the goodness of the person, but to look at the. Um, outward appearance of people yes. and, and I don't think that's the right way to raise kids I, in my opinion that's not how I want to raise my children again you can raise yours how you want but I think and I, I am um, I, Malcolm X is one of my biggest inspirations that I have uh, in life I actually named my youngest son after Malcolm X because of what he did and if you watch the last um, speech he had before he was uh, assassinated he talks about how um, the Nation of Islam would sit at the table with the KKK and talk about how they were going to scare their own people so that they could keep control of their own people. Like they were the same people. There was the, up top, it was the same team. There was they weren't any yeah. different. And then he started to talk about how he doesn't um, he doesn't like to call. We're not ready to. Um, to, to call people black or white because black is not a color anymore. White is not a color anymore. There's their adjectives. There's a whole other, it's not just a color. There's adjectives that mm-hmm. they are constantly putting in your mind, whether them telling you, uh, that white privilege is this is instilling adjectives to your color. It has nothing to do with you be like just telling you what you are is what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's doing the same thing for the black community. Yeah, and by doing that is they're actually doing the opposite of what they're trying to say that they are doing and if you look at the people that they don't teach about in history they were the ones that were trying to tell you that but they're all deemed crazy 
or um, like out of their minds. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing too. So you say like how they're trying to instill fear. That's the whole Marxist tradition. Mm -hmm. And, and, that's where all of this is headed is, you know, to separate. First of all, they separate um, in Marxism. They did a class separation here. We're doing a, a color separation or a gender separation or whatever it is. We're finding ways to separate. And then from there, um, you know, they're able to, you know, mosey on in with, with their Marxist agendas. Now, whether this board or any school board is complicit in it, I can't say because I don't know. I'm, you know, hopeful that everybody's good, but I think that's the ultimate agenda at the end of the day is is to divide and conquer. No, it, it is, and it's very easy to see now. Um, if you watch my the one the episode that I did uh, on North Penn, um, where I was, I was by myself just talking for hours. Um, at the end of it, I gave like a kind of, that's what I talked about was the divide and conquer, but how you kind of can bring it back together. And the biggest yeah. thing, that's why I don't think it's a political problem. I, I don't think it's a political problem necessarily that the, I would never want to be a politician to fix this. Um, I think it's people like you where you have this Moms for Liberty. Um, it's a community-based organization um, that that actually stayed away from politics to remain what you are, which I think is, is important because I think the only way to fix these things is to not divide, but bring people together. And I like to explain it like this. Like if I'm at an Eagles game, the person next to me is my best friend while we're at the Eagles game. Right. But then all of a sudden we're not at the Eagles game anymore. And now we're not, now we're something else. So you run into these people by having other outlets of interests and you see that people are way more alike than we are different by allowing us to be together and not divide us all the time. Well, yeah. Well, and if you think about it too, like most of our fights in in the regular world are are political or are driven by politics. And you know, if we can, if we can realize that that's, that's not who we are, and that's something that we are made to be by the people, you know, in charge, I guess, maybe we can start to find a way to mend the situation and, and to come together in our common ground, which is what is best for our children and for the future of our children. Uh, I, and I think you're on a, I think what you're doing with this Moms for Liberty thing is, um, uh is a step forward after, after talking to you. Um, I, uh, I, I, I think you're on the right track. I think you're, you are, you definitely brought a lot of people together. Um, and it seems like you're trying to, um, to bring, you're trying to make it focused on the child and not politics. And I can, I, I can sense that. And I think, I don't know. I just, I just, every time I hear Moms for Liberty, it's coming from the other side, how bad. And I just, I'm always, I'm always like, well, where are they getting that from? Like, there has to be something. They can't just be saying this. Like, where is this, not, where is this opinion coming from? Like, why would they make this up? You know? Um, my thoughts on that are, um, they're realizing that 
you know, we're a movement and, and we're going to be a voice for change and we're not going away and that scares them. Um, and I'm not saying like the regular, you know, guy on the street in Lansdale, but like I'm saying as far as, you know, the, the political machine that we've been talking about, like our movement, our, you know, ability to unite communities is scaring them because that takes away from their ability to divide the community. Boy, I mean, you just you just stated the numbers of how big you've, you've gotten in such short was a month ago. In a short period yeah. of time. Um, well, yeah, they just started in January. So Moms for Liberty only started up in January. Right. And how many how many more do you have? What was that? It was around. Uh, so this this is a month ago. So I'd say we're closer, you know, over 140 that's, chapters. That's a lot of people. 60,000 parents, I would I would estimate. That's a lot of that's a lot of parents. That's a lot of people. And I don't know. At the same time, it's like it's scary too, right? It's like that many people are – that many people feel the need that they need to to, to uh, fight back against this machine. And I, I don't know. I just feel – Well, yeah, I think about it too. And it's there's a lot of people in the community that are fighting back with us but aren't necessarily a part of Moms for Liberty. But they also – you know, stand with us in the sense that they agree that this is a fight for the future of our country and the future of our country is our children. What else do you guys do? What else do you uh, ladies do for the community? Do you do anything else uh, outside of what you see at these? So, yeah, now that we're wrapping up, I guess, with, you know, it's been a very busy fall, but um, this this winter we are working to. So my husband is a Navy veteran. Thank you for and your service. I, oh well, I was not a part right, of that. Well, but, uh, <laughs> you're you're married to it. <laughs> um, but uh, you're you're still part. Uh, of I veterans, I hold a, a a soft spot in my heart for. So I um, I'm working with uh, the VA or, or somebody. One of one of my friends has a connection to the VA, and they are trying to get us a family, a veteran family in need to bless for Christmas. Hmm. So we want to, you know, stick to like the necessities, things that they may not be able to afford, like winter coats and snow pants and boots and stuff like that for the kids, but also to bless them with, you know, toys or, or fun things too, to be able to put under the tree. And then um, I've also teamed up with Toys for Tots. Um, so Moms for Liberty, Montgomery County will have two um, bins for toy collection. Um, one at local tap in Lansdale and then the other one will be at coffee corner in Lansdale. Um, so we're working with toys for tots to, um, collect toys for their toy drive. And then at our Christmas party, which will be at local tap on December 14th, we are having, um, a toy drive. And that's where also we'll be collecting all of our gifts for, um, the veteran family that we are supporting. So it's going to be, yeah, it's, I want to, I want to make the toy drive something for the community. Although I'm afraid to like invite the, uh, the whole entire community because I don't want it to be a negative experience. I, I want to invite the community so that they can meet us and, and know what we're about and, um, and, and, you know, assist us in the gift giving to families and children who are in need. What would you say to people that, um, don't necessarily, or, or women that necessarily, um, you know, don't 
don't want to be part of Moms for Liberty, but do want to do good for the community. They stand for a lot of things you stand for. How can they get involved like without being part of it? Is there anything that they uh, can do? Yeah, if you want to get involved, I mean, um, on my personal Facebook page, I will include, um, a, you know, I'm not open, like my whole page isn't open for public, but I can make a public post in regards to the things that we need for this veteran family to be able to bless them for Christmas. And I'll put a link on um, here as well. Yeah. They can see it. That would be it. awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'll put it on my Twitter, um, which you follow me on Twitter, so you can always, you know, share that when I do tweet it. Um, or if if you can, it would be really awesome if you could um, bless our donation boxes um, at Local Tap or Coffee Corner with an unopened new toy for a child. Um, and, and that, that'll go, you know, Toys for Tots will pick that up and take that and it'll, it'll go to good cause. So you'll be able to, to donate without, um, necessarily being, um, uh, you know, a member of Moms for Liberty. You don't have to join us to, to help us, you know, support the community and make it better. Is there I got, I got one last thing I want to kind of talk about here and then I'll let you go cause I kept you forever. And, um. We had like a half hour before this where I couldn't even get the thing to work. Um, is there like another group of women that have um, that are in the community that may completely disagree with you? I know that there was like two women that really targeted you at, at the uh, board meeting. And they did. They targeted all of you. And then um, th that was it. Like there was nothing good that came out of either side of that. They targeted it. Moms for Liberty left back. It just triggered their emotions even more. They left angry, and now there's no communication between the two. Is there a way that you think that, like those two women that targeted you, you could be like that? You could talk to them. Like, is there a way to embrace um, so they can get to know you as a human and not see you as a threat? Like. You, you I am like willing to bet that if they met me outside of this and was, were not uh, privy to the fact that I was representing Moms for Liberty, um, I would hope that they would see the humanity in me. You and I talked about the humanity for a while. Um, but I, I'm also not incredibly naive to believe that not everyone is going to understand and not no, everyone is going to agree with me. Um, some people you just, you can't have a conversation with and, and I'm okay with that. And, um, I wish them well. Um, I wish them the best, but I don't foresee just based on their words, um, their ever being able to be a dialogue, but I'm always here. If you want to have, you know, a friendly dialogue and, and not have, you know, attack anger each other. And, yeah. Like that's very rare. I'll, I, if the, if the conversation leads to attacking, like I'll be the first to end it because I don't want that. I don't have the energy for it. Um, it gets but, you nowhere. I mean, exactly. The, and again, I am not a billionaire, nor am I funded by them. We are, have you sure? in our <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? I'm positive. That's not your closet I, I, that you're sitting in right now of some uh, billion dollar mansion recording this. No, no. This is my kitchen. It's very small. 
All right. Well, look, I, 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 um, I really appreciate the conversation. I'm so sorry. I got off to that start. It kind of, uh, killed my thought process. I was stressing trying to get this thing on the internet connection okay. in this. Uh, so this is my first episode I did in South Carolina. At, this is the first time I recorded it. First time I got my, the, uh, again, I have out. to say it out loud. Cause I have friends that are going to be watching this in South Carolina. So go tigers, go tigers. I took my son to a Clemson <laughs> game and we had a blast. Uh, they played so uh, awesome. Boston College. I mean, they stink now, but you know, I'm a bandwagon. I guess you can consider, but uh, I never had a college it's team. Okay. I never really had a college team anyway, so I don't know if that's really bandwagon. I didn't switch teams. I think Mike went to Clemson, Carolina, when we lived there, at, at uh, in in um, Columbia. He went to the game. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Oh, he man. went to the Clemson, Carolina. It's just insane. And it, all of my friends down there are divided. Half of them love Carolina, half love Clemson. So I always chose the Tigers, but that's because I lived there and they were a winning team. So, yeah, yeah. you know, bandwagon. I'm a Badger fan until I die. A Badger fan? Why is a Badger fan? Oh, Wisconsin. Gotcha. No. See, I was never – I grew up in Philadelphia. We don't, I don't – I didn't have a college team. I never got into it. No, no Penn State? Really? Nope. Never Mike cared. Mike up in Philly. He's a Penn State guy. We have a hard time here. Nope. Never, never had a, a care for it. I have every uh, professional sports team tattooed on my body. I have the neighborhood I grew up in on my body. And that, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Parkwood in Philadelphia. I don't know where it's that is. North, I don't know northeast, why I northeast Philadelphia. Yeah, okay. It's, Mike's Northwest, so I don't know why I ask these questions. I don't know anything. Yeah, it's, it's okay. But <laughs> when I talk about pride, I literally have everything that I was prideful of on my body. Funny. It's what you live and breathe. Well, now you're in the land of college sports. Nobody cares about professional uh, sports. I, it's awesome too. You know what I like about it the most, though? It is kid oriented. They're kids, and you're encouraging yeah. kids. It's not like they have something to play for. They're, I don't know. They do it for high schools too around here. Like they're way, they're a lot mm -hmm. bigger with uh, high school football, which is really cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it is different. And honestly, I don't know if you ever really looked into this, but they don't teach the same thing. They don't have this. They don't do Common Core in South Carolina. I don't think I knew that because my kids were not old enough to, to see it yet. Yeah, South Carolina has yeah, their so own. We left. We left two years ago, so Sophie's only two. I think yeah. it's called College Ready. Is the curriculum like they? Because and that takes that takes some balls because you don't get federal funding if you don't do Common Core. Interesting. I didn't know yes. that. So Common Core, awesome. you get federally uh, funded if you instill that in your schools, which well, South so Carolina now you're making it really tough for me to stay here. I'm telling no, no, you. Keep, I mean, I, to I think you should come, but um, I think there's people up there no, that need you. I need to stay here. I, I've been told if I go back, I'm getting dragged back by my Yeah, feet, I think there's so. people up, up there that need you. You're, you're a big inspiration. Yeah. I, I, I love listening Thanks. to you speak. Um, I, I, I do. I like that. And that's why I like this conversation though, because now I, I feel like what I thought is what you are, right? Like without this conversation, no one can really tell your intentions. Like, yeah, I don't know who you are. How do I know what your intentions are by a couple words you put on social media that you typed out? There's no context. There's yeah. nothing. It's just words that you typed out. I have no idea how you said it. I don't know. Uh, if it's anger, only giving us so many characters. That's what right? I mean. It's it's the truth. It's the tr that's why I hate it. I've never used Twitter until I decided that I wanted to uh, troll Casa. I never used it. I don't like it. 
You are king troll. I do have to apologize. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, like <laughs> it bothers me though. It does. I'm like, I don't. Why am I doing this? Sometimes I'm sitting. Like, I look at my wife. I'm like, why am I doing this? Am I that? Do I have nothing else to do but to do this? Like, why am I? No, you're fighting for the kids again. Like, you only just moved there. What? How long ago? Two months ago? You yeah. said. Yeah. So this was this was where your kids were in school. Like you had every reason to fight that. And and you shouldn't be silenced because you are somebody that knows what's going on here. And if there's anybody that's best fit to fight, it's somebody that understands. And um yeah, they, they I mean, won't again, they never you talk have, to me. You have family. I know. They'll never talk to you, but you can you can keep bringing attention. Shining light on a situation only makes the cockroaches scurry. I know, but it scares me at the same time. Like I, I'm always criticizing that other side of me. I, I, I do it. I, I just have that. I never want to be what I was again. And it's very easy yeah. to become that if you don't pay attention well, to it. Well, pray, meditate, whatever you believe in. Just Meditation's ground savior. Every so often. Med- meditation. Yeah. That is that's the only reason. That's the only thing that – that's where I'm like – why am I doing this? Because I need to stop. Like that's my higher power telling me, you shouldn't be doing this. Like you're investing yourself into something that is not. It's Twitter, you know. It's I don't know. I don't like I don't like Twitter at all. I think I don't like it either. But it also scares me because there's not a lot of people. Like I, I'm definitely very conservative on there. Uh, meaning like I don't open up a lot because. There's not a lot of like-minded voices on there that I feel comfortable saying something, knowing that I'm not going to be torn apart by wolves or robots. That's what, yeah. Well, that's what scares me about Twitter. I'm like, oh my that, god, now like that North. I don't want to keep this conversation going and just get beaten up like all day. That, so, that North Penn I, video I put out, I got yeah. I got multiple death threats from the trans community and Trump and uh, uh, people that were like diehard MAGA. Both sides. Really? Both sides. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the ones, and I only knew, I knew personally the ones that were uh, Trump fanatics, and they were pissed because, like, I I said they need to be careful with what they're following. I'm not saying Trump is what anything. I'm just, watch that pride. It can get you to do things that you would not do. You know, yeah. watch it. And they're like, I thought you, lo-, like, they thought from just reading my post that I was exactly like, what they were. And I'm not exactly. Nobody is capable of saving us or saving this country. Only but you. The people within it. Yeah. You. So. Right. So we need to unite as a. The only way to fix what's wrong is for us to unite. We can't. We can't rely on any politician. We can't rely. Stop giving them the power. On anybody. So so I I put that on both sides of the aisle, not just you know one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Nobody can re- rely on any politician to fix what's happening in this country. The only people that can fix it are are the are us. It, it's us. We can't rely on politics to fix our our problems. It's, that's it's true. If you fix within uh, the things without with outside of you, will uh, just happen to get better when you fix what's exactly. in here. It's the truth. Exactly. I look. I'm, I'm I am letting you go this time. I I seriously. I think you're a dangerous. Uh, you're you're very dangerous to what's going on there. I think if. I think you should speak your truth more. I do. Thank you. I think you should speak it more. Um, I hope that just having, I mean, when's the last time you talked to somebody for an hour and a half, two hours, just and just talked? 
When's the last time? I don't know why. It's not. People <laughs> don't do it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? But it gets you to, yeah. but you start to say things that you actually never really thought or said before because you're thinking out loud at that point as soon as you get a little bit deeper into the conversation. And that's where well, the creativity true, comes from. thinking is what it is. It is. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to, to mm-hmm. sit there and think of what you're going to say because you don't know what's the next thing that's going to come up. I, oh, it's so scary. Though. It's so scary, but that's why I did this to face that judgment. And I think that you you showed who you, um, what you're truly trying to do. You showed some really true intentions. And uh, I think if you keep speaking up, um, I think you can do really good for that community. I've faith. I've hope that that, that community is going to come back together. And I think you're going to be one of the ones in the forefront. So I, seriously, I keep it up. Um, don't worry about what other people think of you, whether it's good or bad. I think you need to worry about you. Uh, you seem like you got a, a very nice family. Um, your husband's definitely on your side. You can see that. I don't think you have anything to be afraid of. I mean, that dude, he's a monster. <laughs> oh, geez. I tell, him, I tell him to sit. I'm like, can you just sit away from me? <laughs> it's so funny because he said when he's in, he was in the back of the line. I texted Kenny. I'm like, yo, that. The dude in the back of the line for that podium is drawing more attention than the person speaking right now because he's just sitting back and you see he's ready. But uh, that's the thing, uh, right? Like you have you have support, and those are the those that is your support is your family, your husband, your kids, and they're not going to go anywhere. So speak your truth, and more people will start to attach themselves to you by uh, sensing that you're telling them your truth and not uh, hey, lying. Yeah. Seriously, I I, I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, like to share at the, at the end here? Oh yeah, um, uh, if you're looking for more information about Moms for Liberty, head to momsforliberty.org. Um, you can find chapters in your state, in your county, um, that you can reach out to to fig- find out how you can you know be a part of this movement. Um, and I am currently working on getting our personal webpage up and running. So when that happens, I'll have information about our chapter meetings, school board meetings coming up across the county, um, and ways to get involved in the community itself. Okay. You heard it. I'm going to have everything in the description too. Uh, so if you're watching, you awesome. can just click right click right in the description. I'll try to keep in touch to figure out uh, when you get that website up and running. Um, yeah. To, to get that, to get the word out there. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to do this uh, again. Um, with and that way, I because now I know the internet problem. All right, so I'll get that fixed, <laughs> and uh, we can have a smooth sailing uh, uh, a conversation because this was a rough start. I gotta tell you, this was a rough start. It's all right, but it's all right. I I don't know any difference. That's right. Friend. It was perfect. Actually, I'm lying. It was the. This is what happens <laughs> to everybody. They all they all do that. It's beautiful, yeah. right? Everyone happens. It happens to everybody. Everyone, everyone yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. You should fire your producer, though. Next All time. right. Yeah, I will. Myself. <laughs> I need to get one. I, I wish I could get one. But, look, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna let you go. I'm going to let you get back with your, uh, Thank your you. family. Um, so, I, again, I, I just really I appreciate you coming on and look forward oh, to it. Oh, I also want to tell everyone, anyone listening in, in Pennsylvania, um, get out and vote tomorrow. November 2nd, the only way we can fix what's wrong uh, other than, you know, being a voice, um, our biggest voice is is our vote. So nothing can change without you making it to the polls and voting for for what you believe to be 
right for your family, for this country. Pray for help.